Hey everyone, welcome to DarkCast Interviews. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. GCI is a long-form interview podcast where we talk to game creators about who they are and their work behind the scenes, as well as, obviously, their recent or upcoming video games. In this episode, I talked to Tim Ash from BoxFrog Games about Lost Wing, a new action arcade 3D shoot-'em-up that combines elements from Wipeout and Thumper. You can find out more information about the game in the links to the description below on YouTube or in the show notes for this episode on DarkStation.com. There you can also find the original DarkCast as well as other video game reviews, previews, and features. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at DarkStation underscore com, find us on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, and email us at podcast at DarkStation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Darkcast interviews, everybody. I'm Jonathan Miley. Joining me today is Tim Ash. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Very good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm doing great. I just realized as I said your name that you uh, you have an incredibly simple name. I love it. There's so many people <laughs> I have to ask how to pronounce it. I have to ask how to spell it or, you know, any, any number of things. It's just like, wow, this is two three-letter words. This is this is lovely. Yeah, well, well, it is a bit more complex than that. It's, it's norm, normally Timothy Daniel Ash, but um, obviously I cut out most of that because like Timothy yeah. is quite an awkward name. I think I, I don't know what my parents are thinking when they. <laughs> so yeah, just going back to Tim. At least that's just like a nice, simple, easy to say thing. So uh, um, yeah, you're right. It is incredibly easy. So <laughs> Timothy Daniel Ash, though, that sounds incredibly British, though. That is. I know. I know. That is awesome. Timothy Daniel Ash. Uh, you should have a sir at the beginning of that. That is, um, I don't know what you need to do to get that, but I suggest you, you work on Not it. Not much. <laughs> used to be a lot of things you'd have to do, mainly mainly involving killing people, I think. But now oh. it's um, now it's pretty much, um, um, in these current times, you just pretty much have to be a politician, I think, oh, or, uh, or be on um, TV in some way. So uh, maybe one day I'll be, I'll be a sir. Yeah. I think I, I think it would suit you, but if you become Sir, you can't be Sir Tim Ash. You have to yeah. use the full name. Uh, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've changed my first name to Timothy Daniel as well. So that's to start. Yes. So yes, fantastic. All right. Well, we are not here to talk about names or uh, knighthood. <laughs> We're here to talk about Lost Wing, which is a game that you are currently working on. It's an early access on Steam and itch.io right now, uh, yep. so people can actually go out and, and play it. But it is... Uh, I, what? How would you describe the game? Um, well, it's, it's kind of a mix between several games. So um, probably if anyone's played Wipeout, like it does have elements of that in there, and then can kind of combine that with elements of Thumper as well. Um, they're the kind of main two inspirations behind it, I would say. Okay, but, uh, so th yeah. those were the things that stood out to me, but I didn't want to say it's like a combination of Thumper and Wipeout, 
but since you said it, then then we're good. That's that's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, before we get into the game, though, let's talk a little bit about who you are and the studio uh, that you're a part of. You guys are making the game. First of all, though, what is a box frog? It's the name of the studio for um, listeners that well, don't know. I don't know if, if um, when you set up a company, I don't. I imagine it's exactly the same in the states. But what you end up doing is producing, uh, coming up with four or five names that you really like, mm-hmm. and then we've got this website you can put your name into, and then it will tell you if you can have it. And you put them in, and all of them are gone. And so you come up with a list of a hundred, and then you put those in, and then all of them are gone as well. <laughs> so eventually, you just end up start. You just start writing down any old words and tying them together, and then putting them in to see if they're available. Making sure they're not offensive, and then just doing that. So that's pretty much where it came from. It was probably our two two hundredth choice on the list. <laughs> Quite drunk at that, at that point, and we just thought, yeah, that'll do. It's a box and a frog together. So yeah, I wish there was a more exciting story than that, but that's, that's basically it. <laughs> Uh, nice. I was, I was honestly, I was expecting something related to like bullfrog or something like that. Um, given, you know, you're you're in England and bullfrog games, but you know, yeah, of course, yeah. You, you can you can adapt that. You can take that if you want to, and you can you can turn that into your story. I think I will. Let's delete that last bit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we always used to work for bullfrog, and then they fired us, and they gave us a box with all our stuff in it, and so we call ourselves Box Frog. <laughs> fantastic fantastic that you know never would have thought of that that's amazing uh that's <laughs> um but yeah no that's actually the second time that i've heard the story of yeah no we we couldn't get a website with any other name and we just started coming up with names and we finally found one that was available so we went with it so that's and like in as many months uh second time is, oh really right months, yeah. yeah it makes it does make a lot of sense like <laughs> It's, it's also for games companies, it doesn't really matter what we're called, does it? Whereas, as long as it's kind of vaguely memorable, a lot of other companies, it is important, the name, but for games, it's not so so much. So sure. you can just kind of throw anything in there, can't you? Whereas, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we did also think it makes for a nice logo. You know, we could do yeah. like a 3D frog and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so we did also consider the logo kind sure. of side of it, I guess. So, sure. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's... The, the most frustrating thing with either game names or with um, game company names is when they're so vague that, you know, you like you search that in. It, I, I don't know. Maybe this is just me when I'm researching games for interviews or getting ready to do a review or something like that. And I type the name of a game and the first five pages are something else not related yes. to the game. And I always think back to, like, you know, that must have been if, – if Halo came out now and there were no Halo games before it, trying to search for the game Halo would be a nightmare because that is the most yeah. boring name ever. I totally agree with that. In <laughs> fact, there was a game I recently bought that had that exact problem. And I was – the first – you know, I bought it. I already knew the name, luckily. But when I put it into Google, it was maybe page two or three because it right. was such a – um, like a generic kind of term. Um, I can't remember what it was, though, to be honest with you. But yeah, I, I t- totally that's agree. That's because the name was boring and you, you don't want to remember it. Uh, yeah, just... well, there you go. Yeah, you're completely right. A nail on head there. I can't remember the name of the game. I actually like the game as well. I was like, why did you call it that? In fact, I don't even think it, was, uh, it wasn't a particularly boring name. It was just a ridiculous word like that doesn't really exist and it was just yeah it just didn't make sense don't call it that don't stick a y where there should be an i that kind of thing mm, if yeah. you see what I'm... 
Um, yeah, so it was all a bit. Yeah, so that one didn't work. Um, yeah. Like and with Lost Wing, we we obviously googled that first, and you will find some. I think there's a, a quite obscure Korean song with Lost Wing in it that sometimes comes up. But other than that, we were like, okay, this is looking pretty clear. So uh, yeah, I definitely think it's worth googling your name first, whatever game or studio you come up with. Definitely, definitely. So um, you're obviously located in in England, or I, I'm assuming so. That's actually that's bad on my part by your accent. <laughs> Where are you located? Where's the studio located? Uh, it, so we're in Manchester, um, okay. in, in England. Yes. All so right. yeah, we are in England. So no problem. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've got a, you know we we pretty much work from a living room to be honest with you. So nice. yeah, nothing more complex than that. Like we're very much bedroom developers. So um, yeah. That's uh, I I admire that so much. Uh, for people that do that, I would never be able to actually get any work done if my only job was like sitting in my, you know, living space. Um, I would just constantly procrastinate. It would it would be terrible. So you have my utmost admiration. Um, to, I'll be honest. It's taken taken us a long time. I got, <laughs> I've been working from home for a long, long time. So I've kind of got used to it over the years. Sure. And um, like my missus also works next to me so uh, like uh, she runs her own little business as well so it's um like we kind of we can't procrastinate really because the other the other person would be my partner would have a go at me and she would i would have a go at her so it's just really like well i feel like that actually works pretty well too like anytime anyone else is around the the house i feel like i'm more productive just because i don't want to be seen as as lazy uh so (laughs) So both of you working from home, I feel like actually probably would work work pretty well. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it does work actually. I don't know if it'll work forever, but yeah, sure. we're, we're still we're still together, so that that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're working together in the same space, but you're not. Yeah. Does she work? You said she has her own company. She's not working yes. for Boxwag. No, so no, no, she doesn't. Work I feel for like that would make things a little more uh, hectic. Um, yeah. But uh, but anyway, anyway. Uh, so what, what is your, your background? What did you do before you were making games with, with BoxRog? Um, so I started, I actually started in um, theatre stuff. So I was doing like backgrounds for theatre um, productions. You know, um, not actually making sets, but like sometimes theatre productions were, want CG backgrounds and stuff like that, like animations to play before the, before the production starts. So I was yeah, doing yeah. that, actually, which was quite, which was fun. And then... Um, I got into Arcvis, and uh, that wasn't quite so fun, but it was still good. Um, like, you know, just making um, images and animations of how buildings are going to look. Hmm. So uh, it, that was a good job because it taught me a lot about architecture and, uh, you know, realistic proportions for buildings and things like that. So, um, yeah, um, it was after that that I got into games and I'm uh, doing stuff on Xbox and PS2 and then PS3 and Xbox 360 and so on like that so um yeah and i was primarily working on racing games at that point i was working on um juiced juice 2 and um juiced wow okay man i haven't thought about juiced in a long time (laughs) yeah it's a yeah i never played it but (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it, it it did all right it was a fun little game like a nice arcade racer like that's yeah. the kind of racing games we were into actually okay. you know like things like sega rally and daytona and okay. stuff like that yeah you know 
very much like not realistic handling, just mess about and enjoy the enjoy the driving. So that's very much the way, you know, kind of juiced and um, I did some work for Motorstorm. That was a similar kind of thing, you know, just lots of fun. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, like that. So, um, yeah, after that, um, I did a load of fruit. We started freelancing basically at that point, and that was a lot of contract work and um, yeah, and uh, you know, more kind of TV visual stuff. Like we did a load of random um, TV show stuff, like airplanes and um, um, producing like realistic heads and things like that. So uh, like a couple of the programs were like um, taking skulls and making them actually into um, like a realistic render of what this person would look like kind of thing. Hmm. So um, yeah, we did quite a lot of freelance work based on that. We kind of got a little niche in there somehow. Um, and then after that, I moved into uh, lecturing. So I was lecturing at University of Bolton, um, mainly on kind of games art. So obviously on games art, really. So producing uh, models and environments and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I did that part time now, and um, I've been working with Boxfrog for what, a couple of years now on on Lost Wing. Um, yeah, so and we're finally getting close to release on it. So. Um, yeah, I actually met like the guy I produced the game with, uh, Craig. He also lectured at the university, and that's how we met each other. Hmm. So, um, and we decided at that point, you know, let's actually make something here. And um, yeah, quite a lot of time later, we're uh, we've finally got a big game to release. <laughs> uh, we did do some iOS titles as well, like smaller ones, just to test the water. But obviously, now this is our our big kind of first title. So, what uh, what are your your previous titles that you guys have made for anybody that wants to check out your uh, what do we have a name for like a list of games? I mean, you got a bibliography for books, you've got filmography. Do we is it a gameography? I don't know. I think we do. I've always, yeah, I don't really know. I've never considered it before. I want to say discography, but then there's no kind of yeah. like, yeah, the only reason that would work is if you had games on a disc, which right. obviously not all games are like last week won't. In fact, none of Foxwood games will be on a disc, <laughs> so I can't call it a discography. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, anyway, our, our previous games are um, they're quite small. They were just like testing the water, really. Yeah, so Spectrum Shock on iOS um, and uh, Perfect Line, which is like a little um, top-down racing game, kind of like RC Pro-Am style format, hmm. but um, quite a lot more basic. It's just you against a rock, and you're just kind of drifting around corners. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, check them out, though. Free to download and everything. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right, well, um, we we mentioned it at the very beginning, but, you know, we're here to talk about uh, Lost Wing, and you, you mentioned it again. It's almost ready to go. Um, so it's it's Thumper meets Wipeout. Uh, what, I, I guess, if you were in an elevator and you were given a sales pitch to somebody for the game to get it published or whatever, what, besides Thumper meets Wipeout, how would you describe the game? Um, so it's... Definitely an all-out kind of action game. Um, like with the combination of those two games, like we've really kind of expanded on the mechanics as much as we can. So there's um, like there's nine different bespoke tracks, and each of those tracks has a, a, like a unique play mode. So um, like in one, you're going for ultimate speed. In another one, you're kind of slalom slaloming through different gates and so on. And one of them's a high score-based thing as well. Um, but then we also have like the campaign section, which um, is kind of constructed on the fly out of a mix of kind of set areas and um, but also randomly spawning obstacles. 
So each playthrough is subtly different on those tracks, and each track kind of has a checkpoint and, and several checkpoints and then a boss at the end as well. Mm. So one thing we've really done with Lost Wing is there's no narrative stuff at all. It's all action. You're straight into the game within three button clicks and um, or button presses, and um, you've got numerous different kind of play modes that you can go through and um, different ships and everything like that too. So it's all about speed, it's all about guns, and it's all about points. So there's online leaderboards for every track as well, which is where we get our, obviously, our competitive kind of online style stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, it is pretty much all an all action style game. Like we were heavily kind of influenced by, um, you know, uh, kind of your classic kind of action titles. So we didn't want to bog the player down with any cutscenes or any narrative like that. If you're after action, you're after fun. That's kind of what Lost Wing is all about. Very nice. So it's it's kind of a yeah, it's a arcade game. It's not uh, steeped in in lore. Uh, is is there any <laughs> lore? Like in the background, do you have do you have a story that's yeah you know, the the player's not seeing? But is there anything in in your mind that's going on that why you're in the spaceship shooting everything? Yeah, well, there there, there are um, um, environmental story storytelling elements going on throughout the game. So we're very much relying on the player to form their own narrative, mm. kind of as we used to do. You know, when we when we were younger, we played games like this. You you would form your own narrative, and that's kind of the approach we've taken too. So uh, the environments are very varied. You know, we put a lot into the visual side of things. So um, yeah, there's a lot in the in the environments, a lot in the artwork. So um, we're hoping that players draw their own for, um, ideas of what narrative is there. So obviously you are controlling these ships as well, and the ships have pilot seats and so on like that too. So you, you can see they are supposed to be piloted by someone. So um, yeah, we're hopeful to get some uh, ideas from players actually about what they think is is going on. Since, since the game's already available for people to play and you know, in early access, have you had any speculations or people coming up with wild uh, conspiracy theories about what's going on in the game or anything like that? Not really, no. Most of the time we just get people saying, hey, this is cool. We really enjoy blowing stuff up. We really enjoy going fast. <laughs> like that kind of thing, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think people are t- taking it for um, for what we kind of want, really, which nice. is like the, uh, yeah, just fun. I do. I feel like... I feel like that kind of just making, like having the little pieces and, and connecting the dots into something wild and crazy is, I don't know, I, I feel like that's something that we do more as, as kids than adults. You know, yeah. I feel like as an adult, you can just appreciate something being simple and, you know, you're a spaceship shooting stuff and that, that's all there is to it. Uh, it's always fun. I've got, I've got a couple nieces and nephews and when we're playing video games, you know, something will happen on screen and my nephew will just like make this conclusion about how these two things are connected and like, oh, this is that. And it's like, that makes absolutely no sense. But yeah, let's go with it. Sure. It's so, like, I don't know how your brain got there. Um, but okay. I, I, do, I wish I, I still think, did that. <laughs> I do think that the as a developer, like you can often get you can often get bogged down in thinking that everything needs to make sense, mm-hmm. and it really doesn't. Like people just, yeah, your audience doesn't really care. There's so many times when I've implemented things thinking, right, that's got to make some logical sense. It's got to be logical and make perfect sense of how it works. And players just, for the night, for the most part, they just don't really care. They just want the game to be fun, the game to work, and that's kind of it, really. So, um, yeah. 
And uh, obviously, it's kind of can be different for narrative-based games, but certainly for the kind of games that we like to make. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could throw logic completely out the window. Like, you, <laughs> we could have been far more random with Lost Wing, and I still think people um, wouldn't have minded or even questioned any of it. <laughs> Well, well, the game's still in development. Uh, do you have any plans for any, like, a lot more bizarre aspects to the game to throw in there or future um, content or anything like that? Well, in terms of bizarre stuff, not really. We, we did have some ideas for some really kind of, you know, trippy, weird kind of levels, but um, we kind of avoided that and decided to go more down the route of adding more um, unique play styles to the game. So I okay. mentioned, like, the slalom stuff earlier yeah. and... Um, uh, the ultimate speed mode. So we're, we're impl implementing all these set tracks, you know, which players can then master because, um, you know, there's no kind of random placement of any obstacles or anything like that. And we're kind of focusing on that stuff at the moment. Like, like we're, we're also thinking about adding like a Wipeout Zen style mode to it too. So we're focusing on modes because we've got all the artwork made. We've got loads of mechanics in there to play around with. Like it's actually a, a reasonably simple process for us to, to kind of come up with an interesting idea for a new play style and then implement that and go for it like that. So that's our current focus, I think. Just, yeah, get as many cool play modes as we can in there. Okay. And now you said those those modes are kind of specific to each track, right? So you don't do the slalom in every type of track. It's, it's one specific track. Is that right? Um, well, we've got three... Uh, um, we've got three worlds, so okay. three different environment styles, and um, in those three worlds, there'll be one track for each of the um, each of the play styles. Okay, gotcha. And, and then you have your campaign, which are much longer tracks that have your checkpoints and your boss at the end. Mm. So um, yeah, so it's been quite organic the generation of that. So it's probably a little bit different to kind of standard games in the. You know, because we've sort of been so organic with the development, we've ended up with these kind of two paths players can, can play with. The, the unique shorter tracks and then the really long tracks which have your checkpoints and your bosses at the end. So, you know, I guess your normal game might have just gone down one of either of those routes where we've, we've ended up going down both routes, which okay. is which means I barely have any hair left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've definitely put way too much in for a two-man team, so it's taken an incredible amount of time to playtest all these and, and get everything feeling right, which is why development has taken kind of a lot longer than we originally anticipated. But it's we feel it's been worth it because it's the game we want it to be. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, at two-man core team, I meant to ask this uh, at the beginning, but we got sidetracked with, with coffee and, and things like that. Um, <laughs> So it's uh, just two of you. Do you have any other contractors, or has it all been on on the two of you? No. Uh, so we have a friend we worked with quite a lot on. Um, he was a really good concept artist, and um, so we worked with him on the concept art, and mm. he produced um, some of the models as well. So he was very good, good for a, a good friend, but he couldn't devote himself properly to to um, indie dev. So he worked with us on those parts. Um, and then we have another good friend who's a music composer and he did all the, uh, all the music for the game. And, um, yeah, he's done a great job with the music. It's really good actually. So, um, yeah, so we have him as well. Very cool. Um, I think that's kind of it. I mean, we've, we've obviously had a lot of, um, play testers, like sure. had friends around and stuff like that. So they've all been involved and a few, um, a few friends involved in the um, translation to various different languages and so on too. So, um, but yeah, I'd say that's the kind of our core, our, being our core team really. Okay. 
Very nice. Now, as as far as the music goes, um, is there is there any implementation of like timing actions in the game with the music? I know you mentioned Thumper. Is it is there any sort of rhythm action to it? No, that was that was something we messed around with quite a lot at the start. But um, yeah, we we ended up kind of removing that really. <laughs> so yeah, we haven't really focused on the on the rhythm the rhythm side of things. Okay. Alrighty. Um, now you also the you mentioned that you've got your worlds and you've got your tracks in the the Steam page. It talks about the levels being procedurally generated. Are the entire levels procedural? Or is is it the obstacles that you come across? How did how did you guys approach procedural uh, levels? Um, yeah. So what what we have is we've got um, so we've got nine tracks which are completely kind of preset. So there's no random generation or procedural generation at all. Okay. Are those the that. campaigns or what? What is not procedural? I guess. Um, well, we haven't actually come up with um, proper phraseology for this yet. So okay. I'd say that um, the way we kind of define it is we've got three really long courses and then nine tracks. So that's kind of how we're defining it at the moment. We haven't launched those nine tracks yet. Okay. That's that's why you know in the in the docu- in when you read on the Steam page and so on, it, it it only mentions that. But yeah, we we have these nine tracks of which six are already finished, but we haven't launched them. Mm. So they're, they're still in like closed beta. Um, we then have the three longer courses, and they're the ones with the checkpoints and end of level boss. Um, the way these work is we have quite long set areas, and these areas spawn um, the, these areas spawn kind of randomly. So, um, and I wouldn't even say it's random. Like, so these these areas spawn, and then they have a chance of spawning maybe two or three, um, a, a choice of two or three areas after that. Um, some of these um, set areas have randomly spawning obstacles in them, and some of them have preset obstacles in them. So although there is an element of procedural generation there, it's very much designed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very much designed. It, we've done it like this so that um, we could maintain that level of design, but also have those courses be subtly different. Um, each time you play, just to increase the replayability of it. Um, it also means you have these preset courses, which will really suit players who are very good at mastering kind of tracks, memorizing and mastering them. And then these other three courses have an element of memorization because you can memorize the set areas, but they also have that Twitch gaming style, um, you know, random element to them so that, you know, that instant fast reaction time can come into play. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds that sounds like a lot. That <laughs> oh, I know. You, you know what we really need to do is um, yeah, we, we we really need to kind of figure out a way of explaining this without it being um so uh, so long. <laughs> basically, um, yeah. So basically, the, the way I, I as a shorter version, nine tracks which are completely preset, and then three very long courses which are kind of a mixture of some set areas and a, and some randomly spawning obstacles. So yeah, so that's probably the way I'd sum it up. <laughs> Although probably still not simple enough, I'd say. <laughs> Uh, the simplest thing is, hey, the game's available. You could go play it right now and find out for yourself. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's official speak louder than words, don't they? Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, so you guys are currently in early access. When did you guys launch into to early access? 
Um, quite a long time ago. I believe it was November or December 2017. So, okay. yeah. So, you know, we launched at that point. We only had one um, track kind of vaguely done. And it was kind of, um, at that point, it was also, um, you know, the visuals were, you know, only vaguely finished. Mm. So on that track. So, yeah, it was a very early stage that we launched. Um, we launched in early access, which I think was the right thing to do. Okay. Why, why go the early access route? Uh, well, I, I would say, why not? Why wouldn't you go early access? To me, it makes perfect sense that, like, um, yes, you don't get much visibility on Steam anymore, but you you can get enough. Like, we found we established, you know, you, you don't make, you will never make enough money unless you're one, you know, one of the million um, games that, you know, get that lucky break. Mm -hmm. You're never going to make eno enough money to fund your dev studio, but what it does do is you get a nice, we've got a nice small but a very keen user base who give us lots of detailed feedback on the game. Mm -hmm. So, and the the amount of changes that have gone in because of that uh, are huge, actually. I can't really think of a single part of the game that hasn't changed because of player feedback. So, um, that's really useful. Um, another really useful thing I found with early access is it gives you a really good chance to kind of test all your marketing assets. So, trailers, logos, banners, all that stuff. You chuck that on there and you think you're happy with it all. Three or four months later, you go back and have a look and you're like, no, all that's got to change again because that's not quite right. Like even the stuff we have on Steam now, that that's all changing um, in the next like month or so. And and it totally should change. And like we know exactly why now as well. If we hadn't got it on early access, we probably wouldn't have figured that out. Mm -hmm. so, so what state is the game in now? Um, the game is very close to being finished. Okay. Uh, like we have all of the um, the long courses are finished. Six of the other tracks are finished, and the other three are well on the way as well. So we're basically, you know, we're we're kind of very close to dev complete. And then um, uh, once that's done, um, we need we've already got the game running on Switch at about thirty FPS, and um, so that's good. And um, yeah, so basically, we just we need to tie up, finish up the PC version, and then um, finish the porting to console. Okay. So as as far as the the art direction goes for the game, you are the the main artist for um, both Box Frog and for for Lost Wing. Yes. The, the game kind of has like a, a low poly. Uh, I think you guys call it neon sci-fi as the the general art direction. Is what what's the inspiration behind that was there i don't know what did that come before the game did that just was that organic as you were making um, the game how, how did that come about it was quite organic but also we were working with adam who was doing a um, concept artwork for us so mm -hmm. obviously he helped a lot in establishing that um that kind of that kind of style but um yeah it, it's it's definitely organic as we went along okay. it was we decided to pick three kind of key themes so we kind of wanted this industrial world mm -hmm. we wanted um kind of like a, a kind of dark forest world and we wanted a you know like star wars pod racer style world oh, yeah, yeah. We, wanted we, we wanted those three kind of worlds really so and then they it kind of organically spread from there so um yeah yeah i I say that's how it worked and um yeah the visuals obviously have changed a lot over time as well so uh yeah it was um like i've worked in larger studios where, where you you will often spend a lot of time because because you're working with multiple artists it's very difficult to get a consistent style so um you have to empl employ 
you know, lots of tactics to make sure that that works. Like things like um, one artist defines a huge palette of textures that you can other artists can then use to unwrap their models to that kind of thing. Or um, you define specific settings and give the all the artists that document and say use these kind of settings on lights and on um, on um, you know color values and things like that. And but because it was basically just me doing the artwork, it's you know it's been kind of I managed to avoid that step because you know I, I set that original style in industrial and then just followed that texture style throughout. So yeah, there's it's been yeah it's taken time to hit the style that we wanted, but also there's a lot of problems we've avoided um, purely just by being the only real artist on the team. Like, it, <laughs> like yeah, there's so yeah. Although it's taken a long time, I'm kind of pleased. I've, I'm kind of pleased I managed to avoid those problems too. Where yeah. when you're working in a large um, collaborative team, definitely. Definitely. Um, what about the design of the ships? How did you go about designing? Uh, oh, the... they were they they were all down to Adam. Like Adam okay. just loads of concept art for those, and yeah, because again, because Adam did all the all of that artwork for those, it was very easy to maintain that consistency in, in style. Well, we also knew that there were the because there's several mechanics that the ship has, mm -hmm. and we obviously knew they needed to be design features included in there. So the wings need to come off the ship when it's damaged you know mm -hmm. so obviously we, we knew they had to have a connection to the um, to the main body and the main body needs to be able to fly independently and not look weird so there was that design element to take into consideration uh, you have a weapon on the front of the ship so you know that's going to be something you know that you have three smart bombs and we wanted to make that clear on the ship so there should be an area showing three three bombs on it. Mm -hmm. um, you have brakes, air brakes, so we wanted those on the wings. So once you write down all those those design factors, like um, yeah, the, the ships kind of work themselves out if that makes sense. You know, like you couldn't do anything weird like asymmetrical shapes, for example, because you needed wings on both sides. So um, yeah, so there, there was quite a lot of a big list of stuff we had. Um, that kind of comes into the environment bit. I should have mentioned that. You know, we have the the, the um, UI on the screens that run down the track. So um, yeah, so that was obviously something we had to factor into the in I had to factor into the environmental design for everything. So we have the forest and the trees all and the vines all grow around the the screens on the side of the track. And you have to make sure that you've basically I had to draw this square as like a safe frame and make sure that no artwork gets within that square because otherwise that would cover up the UI and that would just be annoying for players yeah. so there was that as a design consideration in fact in fact there's something although I love I really like the way we got the UI working in the end I, I do kind of slightly regret it because it took so long to make sure that everything sat well you know and sat around that in, in the environment definitely uh, as far as the the ships in gameplay one how do they they differ and then how does your ship, I guess, kind of falling apart from crashing into things, how does that change gameplay as well? Okay, so, so the ships have different handling, um, different main and different weapon as well. So um, the, so yeah, each of the ships has that, but also um, the ship, some, one of the ships has we um, weapons on its wings. So when you lose your wings, obviously you lose those weapons too. I've probably got a bit ahead of myself there. Like, so part of one of the main mechanics of the game is um, if you clip the side with your wing or clip an obstacle with your wing or your wing takes a hit, your wing will fall off and then you lose, your handling is massively reduced on one side. 
And if you lose both wings, your handling is massively reduced on both sides. And obviously, it can also affect your weapons as well, depending on the ship that you have selected. And it's not a completely negative trait if you lose both your wings, though, because there are areas of the game where you can only fit through a narrow gap with a small ship. And that might lead to higher point scores, better pickups, that kind of thing. So sometimes it can be a, a, valid, a, a valid tactic to lose your wings, even though your handling is reduced because your size is reduced. That's that's really interesting. That kind of makes me think of like Galaga and letting your ship get captured so that you can then recapture it. Now you have two ships. Yes. Um, but obviously that's the opposite because then you're twice the size uh, instead of getting smaller. But uh, that's that's interesting. Is there besides uh, smaller spaces? Are there any other advantages to um, harming your your spaceship? Um. No, not that I can think of. I get, uh, yeah, not that I can think of really. To okay. be fair, um, sure. yeah, off the top of my head, yeah, it's mainly that mainly the that size thing, getting through narrow gaps. Like we we obviously specifically designed sections where which are harder when you've got both wings because you, you obviously like you you could still fit through those gaps. You'll just lose both your wings. But it's something that seems to players seem to do is they will go for those small gaps when they've lost both their wings. It's a subconscious kind of thing mm-hmm. for, for some reason. So. Um, yeah, well, I guess we also we've also have um, areas in the game where if you want to pick up a smart bomb, you want to collect that really high score token. Um, you have to go through the, the small gap or the small jump and lose both your wings in the process. Mm-hmm. So you can sacrifice your wings in order to get a smart bomb, for example. Okay. So you know, we we've tried to focus a lot on that. You know, making a player make a decision. Like I think it's a really important part of kind of games design. Really is. Um, whatever you're designing, just make a player make a decision. Like, you know, just should they go left? Should they go right? So it shouldn't be simply you should go left because right is definitely bad. Try and have it that left and right are both options in some way. One might be slightly worse than the other, or but you know, just make sure that it's you know that a player is making some kind of decision. Definitely, definitely. That sounds really cool. Um, so when are you guys hoping to have the game uh, out of, of early access and launch the, I guess, the 1.0 version? Um, well, we're, we're aiming for kind of a, mid, a mid-November mid November launch. Okay. Um, that might sound pretty soon, and considering we're only a two-man dev team, but we have a publisher, uh, Two Awesome, who have been really good to us so far, very very professional, really nice guys, and they are doing the porting work for us on two onto console so they've already ported a lot of games before so they have a lot of experience in doing it so we're getting a, a, a lot of extra firepower on that side of things so yeah i think if uh, someone says right it's up to you and craig to get everything done by that mid-november <laughs> launch we wouldn't hit it but because we've got their help like um uh, yeah we're, we're very confident that we will do that um it's also um you know a, 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 tip, a self-compliment here i guess uh, to me and craig that the game is very well optimized already anyway so um you know we've already without any real optimization got it running at 30 fps on switch and we want we we're very much aiming to hit that 60 fps on switch and um hopefully we'll do that i would like to say we definitely will but we haven't put enough into it to say we definitely will yet you know i'm, I'm not going to um, you know, say something that I haven't completely, we haven't completely done yet, sure. but we, we're very optimistic about kind of hitting that kind of time. Definitely. Definitely. That's really cool. Um, 
how has it been working with uh, obviously you've been making the game for PC for the, the majority of the time how's it been yes. working and adapting it to the other consoles I know you said that it's it's well optimized but you know different hardware different challenges what what has that been like um, well, I'm purely basing that, obviously, with the Switch, um, you have your design considerations, like, obviously, you have a lot of things like the uh, the, the actual um, Joy-Cons, stuff mm-hmm. like that, making sure that everything's legible. Um, obviously, the big thing about Switch is just hitting that, that lower-end hardware thing. It's right. just, uh, obviously, massively underpowered compared to um, even, like, a mid-range, low-end kind of PC. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, hitting that is, is quite tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I'm sure we're going to get there with that anyway. Um, with regards to the Xbox and PS4, um, I don't see any issue with that really either. Again, too awesome handling most of that, but okay. um, we've got that running on a lower end PC at 60 FPS on, on 1080p with absolutely no problem whatsoever. 4K as well on Xbox One X, I don't really see that being an issue either. So, um, yeah, like in terms of those kind of benchmarks that you're given for what you should be aiming for in order to hit on PC, in order to hit this stuff on PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, I don't really see, um, I don't really foresee there being any problems. Awesome. And it's it's coming out everywhere. You already mentioned Switch, PlayStation 4, uh, Xbox One. Any is it coming to, to Stadia or anything like that? Oh, I don't, I, I, yeah, I haven't, we haven't so, really considered that okay. yet. Um, I hope so. We're, obviously, we would like to get it on the Epic Games Store as well. Okay. So we're applying. We're applying to that and various other PC storefronts too. Awesome. So um, that we will be announcing those soon enough. Again, our publisher are handling that. So gotcha. um, yes. So, but that will be that. That is definitely on the cards. The other the other PC storefronts. Like we certainly weren't just uh, just limited to Steam. And that study is very interesting as well. It's um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. I haven't actually tried the platform at all myself, um, but yeah, obviously for a game like Lost Wing, it really is about you've got to fast reactions. It's got to be that rock solid kind of sixty FPS at all times. So um, it's the kind of game where if you have any kind of lag, it will suffer. You know how yeah. a strategy game you would be okay. Sure. Whereas a game like this, it would like yeah, we've really got to try it out first to see how good it really is. Absolutely, yeah. I I haven't tried the the actual Stadia, uh, but I, I participated in the beta for the project streaming thing they did, I guess eight or nine months ago now, and that I didn't have a great experience with that. Um, hopefully the the final product will be much better. It was the they were demoing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and uh, it was neat. It it worked sort of, but I also got disconnected a lot. It was it was weird. So I I could see that maybe not being the, the best marriage for, for a game like this. Yeah, you see, that, that's exactly how I feel as well. Yeah. It's kind of like, obviously, I'm not discrediting anything because I haven't tried it at all myself, but obviously it's completely reliant on having a very good very good internet connection. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, even with that, I, I worry that there would be times when you might, when it might drop out and stuff. And I wouldn't want to put a game like this on there unless it's kind of rock, rock solid. So, um yeah, but like I said, I haven't tried it yet. I hope it's going to be awesome because it seems like that's the future for things. Like, why wouldn't it be? Sure, Just, sure. Yeah, it's you know, it could be a great system. So, yeah. Here's yeah. to hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it does make sense. It means that people won't have to spend a fortune on hardware and so on like that. So, yeah. 
but it's hard to see it working with the internet connections being as they are in most countries are right. very sporadic at best. Absolutely. Well, I think that does it for, for my questions about the game itself. Now we're going to jump into to my favorite part of the show called The End Game. And uh, these are personal questions for you. And the first one is very simple. It's also very tough. It is, who is your favorite video game character? And that can be hero, sidekick, villain, whoever. Um, yeah, that is quite tough. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say it's... it's gonna be it's gonna have to be it easily be something on the sega saturn it has oh, to be for me oh because wow yeah okay without that console i wouldn't be into 3d at all like it was that that got me into 3d in the first place because i was just so impressed that you know it was just such a big leap in terms of in terms of gaming potential when 3d games started coming out and i was into sega at the time so of course i thought i mean you could probably see some of the sega influence in lost wing actually it kind of does have like links to kind of those classic kind of Sega arcade titles. So um, yeah, and some of the best games I liked on there, Knights was a really, really big one for me. I thought that was a, a great game, lots yeah. of depth to it. So he was, a, I really like him as a character. Um, and uh, Pencil Dragoon Saga, but I can't remember the names of the actual characters here. But I <laughs> love the visual style. I think there's an artist called Morpheus did, did a lot of the um, original kind of comics and stories for, Pan, for Panzer Dragoon, the Panzer Dragoon world. So, yeah, they were a big influence on me too, showing that it basically showed that you can have beautiful, um, deep kind of story and emotion in, in, ga- in 3D games like that. That was one of the first ones for me. So, yeah, it's a bit vague, but I'd say if I had to pick, I'd probably go for one of those. Mm. Like, um, the Panzer Dragoon, the actual dragon. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and maybe um, Knights, Knights as well, I'd say. Okay. Uh, did you I see the... the tra- Don't pick one. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the trailer for the, the remake they're doing for Panzer Dragoon on uh, Switch, I believe? Yes, so yeah, I think it looks really good. It looks really nice. So, um, yeah, I think I'm hopeful it's going to be great. I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with it because if did you did you play the original games? Uh, no, I played the one on Xbox, uh, Orta, but okay. I never played any of the others. Well, the first game it was okay. Like if you check reviews of it, it was a beautiful game actually at the time. But mm-hmm. the, the the game didn't review that well. It was kind of like a, a seven, kind of out of ten kind of game at the time because there was there's just not that much content in it. So I haven't checked what they, they're doing with this one. Are they implementing Panzer Dragoon 1 and 2, adding new levels or, or what? Because I think if the amount of content in that comes out for a single game now, I just don't think it'll be enough to, to you know, uh, for people to accept it. I, I think they have to package 1 and 2 together mm. as one game or add more levels to it. But, yeah, I don't really know. I watched a video of it. I was like, that looks really nice. But I didn't do much, much more reading on it than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't looked too much into it. I just uh, it made me think of it when you you mentioned the the original game. Um, okay, so so moving on, completely different question. Uh, if you could replay any game again for the first time and have that that kind of first experience with it again, you don't have to worry about it aging poorly or anything like that. But yeah. you get to, you know, you have those good feelings again, uh, all over again that you just can't have with a replay. What would you like to play? Uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I, there's a couple in there, really. Like one of the main ones, actually, is like Alien Isolation. Oh yeah. I, I think I feel, I feel 
I feel sorry for that game, which you can feel sorry for an inanimate object. And like, I felt sorry for because some of the reviews of that game, I, I felt like people didn't, and it's unfair to say this about a game, really, because um, it's not the right thing. You should be able to play a game however you want, but that game needed to be played in a certain way. And you needed to basically value your life and progress through it like that. Whereas I think a lot of people got bored, they got frustrated with it. Whereas I found it absolutely brilliant. Like I tried to stay alive as long as I could. You know, sometimes I'd be alive for two or three hours and just how I absolutely love the atmosphere in it. So, um, yeah, I'd probably pick that. Okay. In fairness. Just because, you know how you have those certain memories of games where you, which you'll never forget. Mm. I've had parts of that game I will never forget because it was just so tense. Yeah. Right. I, um, I, I want to go back to that game. I, I never finished it. I played the first section and basically until the alien appears. And I was like, this game isn't that bad. It's, it's a little bit of a stealth game. This is cool. I like stealth. This is, oh God, alien. Nope, done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I love the art style of that game. They nail the, the aesthetic of especially the, the first movie uh, to a T and it just, it just works so well. Uh, I wish more games kind of did that yeah. 80s future vibe thing. I don't know what to call that. Definitely. For some reason, that, that stuff just really works. You know, yeah. like using all your analog dials and, mm -hmm. you know, black and white screens or, you know, like just that style for some reason. It just works. Like it works in Fallout as well. Yeah. Although, so their engine is dating a little bit. But in terms of like that, that overall aesthetic, it, I don't know why. I can't even figure out why it works, but it just does. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there any, or maybe not any, but a lot of the retro futurism stuff works really well. I mean, looking back at stuff, you know, the yeah. um, like Fallout. That's more kind of like a '50s era. This is what the future will be like, uh, and so it's it's a little bit different, but it it works. It's its own thing. It's not just you know a bunch of I don't know holograms and and stuff. It's I don't know. It's I don't, I don't know. I'm yeah. just gonna say I don't know a lot, but uh... in terms of functionality, it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. We shouldn't accept it. Mm -hmm. For some reason, we do though. You know, like Alien. Well, it's like, yeah. why would we? Do we still accept that as being a thing? It's obviously never going to be like that. Already, ninety percent of the technology in that is ridiculous compared right. to the stuff we have now. But, but it, still, it, it's it like totally it's like steampunk. It. It's yeah. like we can't have robots that are powered by steam. But when you <laughs> see it, it's awesome, and so your brain just goes, "Yep, that's okay." I'm good yes, with it. Definitely. <laughs> the acceptance of it is totally there, isn't it? And I, yeah. I, I could never, yeah, it just looks cool. So I think that looking cool thing make, makes you accept it. It probably is as simple as that, isn't it? <laughs> probably. Yeah. I, I do find, you know, and now you get all the screens that float there and everyone's using like, you know, and all these current um, sci-fi things, you know, like uh, screens that just float and you just touch right. everything. It's all like, you know, I'm like, I'm just not into it. I get that that is where stuff is going to go, but I don't think it looks that cool. Yeah. Personally. Well, I, I've never, so I, I don't watch a lot of CinemaSins anymore because it's gotten kind of tiresome, but I do, I get annoyed by people who get, a, who think CinemaSins is actual criticism and not a comedy channel because it's, <laughs> it's totally absurd. Yeah, like I don't I like, like stuff as well. Funny I like that. oh I I I love especially their old stuff, but I don't know some of the jokes have just gotten kind of old. I don't watch it as much as I used to. But yes. one of the criticisms that I think is totally valid is anytime there's a hologram and they're like, "How does this look better than just a normal TV? This looks awful. <laughs> you can barely see what's on the yeah. screen because you can also see what's past the screen." 
and that is exactly that is totally valid <laughs> i totally agree about the hologram thing definitely uh, like the, the first time I, I remember seeing that was in star wars actually and then yeah mm. they, they still do it now it's never like this perfect human is it no like, it's always has to be slightly flickery and yeah. like that just doesn't look very good no but no. Like, it's never going to be like that it would be better on the screen or even just actually just talking and just hearing audio because uh yeah it's quite confusing having to see that kind of blurry i don't know why they're always blurry and see-through i don't know <laughs> and the, the yeah. only hologram i think i've ever liked it going back to halo for i don't know i guess full circle in a weird way is cortana but she's also mostly opaque like you can see her clearly she's not flickering she's not staticky she actually looks like a tiny computer person and not and also, maybe it's the fact that she's an AI and not just a basically a video screen of somebody else somewhere else. Maybe that right, helps yeah. too. I don't know. But anyway, off that weird tangent. I do quite like the idea of holograms being perfect <laughs> human replicas, but incredibly small. I think that would, uh, that would actually work, work really well. I really like that. I like the idea of talking to my missus on the phone now, and she's just stood on my computer desk, but just extra small. <laughs> I think it'd be cool as well if they were tactile, so you could crush them. Or them something like that. Hopefully not crushing your missus. That, that doesn't sound... That's, no, obviously uh... not in real life, but it's just like a joke. So yeah, she would see my big hand crushing me, like, what did you do? Well, I just crushed you again, of course. <laughs> That's the future. That is, that is the future. Um, so is, is there a game that you could play uh, for a, a – give a second chance, basically. Uh, if it's something that you, you left off of uh, – Maybe you played it at a wrong time in your life and it just didn't vibe with you, or you just like to give it a second chance and and be able to erase that first chance, uh, come at it with fresh eyes. What would you like it to be? Oh yeah, that's a tough question, isn't it? It is. There are definitely games I've tried like that. Um, yeah, I think um, I think obviously I mentioned to you before. I've got, I've got a baby and a five-year-old, so it's been a lot of games that I've tried. Okay, perfect. Got the perfect one. Okay. Uh, Demon Souls, definitely. Was that the first one? Was it Demon yeah, Souls? Yeah, Demon Souls was yes. the first one. I was, you know, I the that. most. I, just, I had a baby. Um, this is my mom. I had my first kid, and she was like six or seven months old. And my baby was like, "You've got to." Could have been then anyway. It was like, "You've got to try this." And so I tried it, and obviously, I just didn't have the time. Yeah. And I was like, "I think this is going to be fantastic, but I just can't play it." And I've never gone back. So. Mm. You know, a, a Souls game is, I think, the most common answer that I've had to this uh, question. And sometimes it's they've already gone back and played it, and it's like, I'm glad that I gave it the second chance. And sometimes it's it's still wishing that they could give it a second chance. Really? Um, See, yeah. That, Souls, is, that's, that, that is, surprises me. Yeah, I just it, thought everyone played them except for me. <laughs> no, I've, I've, uh, I've played some of Sekiro, and I've played some of the first Dark Souls, and I... Oh, man. There's, yeah, that, no, I, I'm with you on that. I understand. Fair enough. I mean, it might not even be Demon Souls. It was one of them. It's whichever one came out of the, the time that um, I'd had my, my, my first kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I did play a game called um, Salt and Sanctuary. So me and a friend okay. played that together uh, at co-op. And that was, I think that's a vaguely similar mechanics in, mm -hmm. you know, per you know, uh, you lose everything if you die, but you've got a chance to go back and collect it all. It was, uh, yeah, so we, I absolutely love that. So I think I probably would 
absolutely love the Souls games if, uh, if I could give them another chance. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, shifting gears, uh, what is a good trend in video games that you wish was more prolific? A good trend in video games? Um... So it, it can be anything. It'd be the, the way some studios are operating, the way that studios interact with um, with you know fans. It can be a game mechanic. It can be literally whatever that you've seen in, in some games. Maybe it's sort of popular, but you just wish it was it was more prevalent. Yeah, that's that's a t- um, I would say one thing that I don't want to become prevalent. Is uh, no, that, no, that's, that's okay. the next question. That's the next question. You can't do oh, that. Is now. It? <laughs> all right. Well, can I answer that question first? Then? Sure. Is that all right? Sure. What um, what was something bad and or not necessarily bad, but just a trope uh, in games you wish was was less prevalent? I imagine you get there's kind of two answers to this. I guess obviously the the first one is anything that involves loot boxes, which I okay, imagine yep. is a standard answer. You probably a... get that quite a lot. Um, but the other one I'm kind of dreading really is the whole streaming thing. Although I can mm. see that's where everything's going. I think we're going to end up with this kind of system where you, you pay to play like Netflix. It's yeah. going to be like that. And I'm not kind of looking forward to that really. Sure. I think um, it affected people massively in the music industry, you know, artists in general. And I, I, I just worried that it could end up forming that kind of thing for, sure. um, for developers as well. So um, I think... I think as an indie dev, it's been so good hitting, getting this, um, getting storefronts that you can actually release stuff to, mm-hmm. and the ability to re-release stuff on consoles. You know, like Xbox, PS4, Nintendo. They're they're so um, they're so good. Like they all come come to you and help you, and you know it's really good now. Never used to be like that when I first got into games. You know, so so I absolutely love that. Like mm-hmm. um, I think it's already massive already, but. I think in answer to the first question, I'd say that's, I want that to continue and get bigger. Actually, I don't want the streaming thing to come in. What I want <laughs> is this to carry on because I think it's wicked. I know there's a lot of competition in the market. The game is flooded with games, you know, uh, but I'd rather have that than what it was like before where you basically had no chance, mm-hmm. like no chance at all unless you're with a really big publisher. So, um, yeah, I think that is... Um, it's kind of, I know it's not quite what you're asking, but is that okay? Does yeah, that... yeah, no, that works. Yeah, that works. I, I think um, some people are quite negative about the whole indie thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, say, oh, don't get into it. It's awful. And, you know, you're never going to do anything or achieve anything. And uh, kind of like, I think, well, yeah, if you were around a few, like, few years before all these storefronts and these current consoles were available like you basically didn't stand a chance at all at least at least there's a system now that's you know where you can actually do it so yeah absolutely it's weird there are things like um i got i'm I'm hesitant about yeah as we've already mentioned the project stadia thing or not project just stadia um but then there's things like the xbox game pass where actually i use that and i like it because Mm. games come out and it's like oh I've already paid for this. I can I can check it out. And then if I really like it, I know like I'm a bizarre person. I I talk to people about video games and that is my main pastime. So I'm not average joe on this and so I I can't say this is a good thing because most people will do it uh, as far as the industry goes, but I benefit from it and that like the Outer Wilds, I don't know if I would have um picked that up and played it if it wasn't right. available for free on or not free but as part of 
the Xbox Game Pass, but I enjoyed yes. it so much, I then went and bought my own copy because it's it's a fantastic game and people should definitely go check it out. Uh, so Fair that's enough, yeah. that's cool for me, but I can also see, you know, like you were saying with uh, the music industry and people kind of getting gypped on that end. Uh, so it's I don't know it's it, it's exciting to an extent and also yes. seems kind of scary. So I, exactly. I totally feel you. Yeah, that's a perfect way to sum it up. Uh, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I hope it works, and if it does work, they're brilliant. But if it, you know, I hope it doesn't go the way of the music thing. I think yeah. Netflix, the amount of money they're pumping into into shows is phenomenal, really. So mm. I mean, and you're going to have all these other services doing the same so you know it could go down that route and be brilliant or it could go down the spotify route where the artists end up making or the you know the developers in this case right. end up not making much money so i don't know which way it's going to go i hope it i hope it works out all right for yeah. the devs anyway so um i think the other thing that i really want to see take off a lot more is vr like i, I mm-hmm. love vr yeah. I it's brilliant i know it needs to be more accessible but the actual experience in VR is is brilliant. It's just so much so new, and it feels so fresh. And I, I still love it even now. And yeah, I hope it becomes more accessible than what it is at the moment because it's simply not mainstream with all the cables and right. the, the price of the wireless ones and the massive headset. It's just right. it's it's not mainstream. So yeah, but I hope somehow we get that mainstream. Well, I, I think we're we're going in the right direction with that. I mean, you've got the Oculus Quest which allows yeah. you to just wear a thing on your head and you don't have to have a computer. And it's it's not that expensive comparative to other mm. you know, VR headsets. Um, but it is still a hefty price. It's, I think it's like 400 bucks or 500 yes. bucks. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, so that is, that is definitely pricey. Uh, I think the other thing that is exciting is uh, PSVR, especially once the PlayStation 5 arrives, because they've sure. already said that you can use the current equipment with that. I think the biggest downfall to that is the controllers not having analog sticks and stuff like that. I, f- I feel like that really harms uh, what you can do. Hopefully they'll come out with new controllers. You know, you can use the headsets, but then you have to buy new controllers or something like that. Um, totally agree. Totally agree with that. I think, that, yeah. I think, I think those two platforms are kind of our, our best bet for making VR more mainstream and, and popular. Um, I think it's, I think it's cool. I think some people have put their eggs in the wrong basket with it, thinking that that was like the next stage of video games. It's like, no, yeah. that's just another aspect of video games, but I want that aspect to get larger and become more prevalent and popular. And exactly. Well, yeah. I totally agree with that. What I don't want to happen is for, because um, so, there was so much funding in it originally, it, it's for it to go, for, for everyone to go, right, that market is just not big enough, it's failed, and then right. just everything. As long as it's still developing, like you said with the Quest and PS5, or PS, Sony are obviously going to throw a lot into it for the PS5. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah, as long as that keeps, I just want that to continue, basically. So a uh, quick question kind of going back into our, our normal conversation is is there any hopes or have you dabbled in vr for lost wing because just looking at the screen with having the you know the, the the way the ui is on there it feels like it would it would work really well and <laughs> <laughs> um, it will make you puke almost instantly <laughs> but um, it, it, if we if we slowed it right down it might work Craig did try it actually. He, he okay. put it on Vive and try, he was like, "It's just way too fast." <laughs> but yeah, if if we could make a, a much more, you know, a much slower version, that might work. 
So, yeah, I would like to play around with that. And okay. Craig's mentioned it too. I think once we've got the game out, we, sure. we might look at trying to convert that over and just make something out of it. Because, like I said, we've got all the systems in place, as I mentioned before, to, to, to make all these different things. There's just so much to play with in there. Like, Craig has just made so many tools that, you know, you, you can do so many different interesting modes that, you know, I'm sure we could come up with something like, um, like for VR. So... Yeah, I agree with you. I think it could be quite cool. Yeah, awesome. All right, and uh, so you've done a lot of different things over the years. Um, you're making video games now, which is awesome. If you could try any other profession, though, what would you like to give a shot? <laughs> I think about that quite a lot, actually, and none of them involve sitting in front of a computer all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they're all just out anything outside would be quite nice okay <laughs> like um yeah so yeah lots of things i would like to um like one thing i'd I'd quite like to um, work in in the woods or a forest or something like that somewhere would be quite nice i don't know what i do exactly but any job where i get paid good money to wander around a forest would be quite cool <laughs> 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 or anything where i get to travel a lot as well would be nice mm. too so yeah kind of um yeah anything like that that doesn't involve sitting in front of a in front of a computer okay nice. I, i'll tell you another thing i'd love to go to space as well so Ooh. anything that allowed me to go to space would yeah. be would be brilliant like i'm kind of banking on the fact i don't die before it becomes um reasonably affordable to go, to go up into you know just above our atmosphere in like virgin galactic or something like that okay very cool. All right, so final question, most bizarre one. You're somehow you meet the the main character from Knights or uh, Knights into Dreams, I guess is the full title, and the the dragon from Panzer Dragoon. I don't know <laughs> if the dragon talks or not, but for our cases it can, or maybe it talks telepathy. I don't know, but you get to ask each of them a question. What would you ask them? And what would their answer be? Oof. Um, God, that's a tough one, isn't it? That. Yeah. Um, I'd probably ask the knight's character, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> because it's a bit of a weird place you live. Very <laughs> <surreal>. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, obviously like, yeah, you are in someone else's dream. So what do you actually do when the <laughs> when, when, when you're not flying dragon? through rings? What's yeah. what's happening? Um, and what would I ask a dragon? That's yeah. quite a that is a tough one as well. That's a really tough one. What would you ask a dragon? Um, Something that makes you not get instantly, you know, set on fire. Obviously, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll probably, maybe I'd ask him like, were you disappointed to miss out on the Game of Thrones part? <laughs> <laughs> you know that would, would have been quite a good opportunity for him i guess but yeah i think <laughs> you find out that there's this other universe of just dragons like applying for contracts in different movies and video games it's like oh i wanted to be in game of thrones so much <laughs> <laughs> loads of them doing dev loads of indie dev dragons it's like oh it's so uncomfortable sitting in front of a computer all day I wish I could just be in Game of Thrones. That would be my ideal chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'd probably ask him that. Okay. I think. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, that does it for our questions 
in the end game and does it for for our interview as well tim thank you so much for for sitting down with me and chatting about coffee and a whole bunch of random stuff obviously your game lost wing which is coming out hopefully later this year uh if you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you can go to our we our website, which is just lostwing.com or boxworkgames.com. Uh, we have a Discord as well. On that Discord, we're always uploading new stuff for feedback and so on. And we're going to be doing a closed beta in a few weeks as well. And it'd be great to have more people on that just to give us more feedback on um, various things before we sign off like that final version. So yeah get on our um we do have social media as well obviously um too awesome is the name of our publisher so if you get on there you can find tons of stuff too um but yeah mainly our websites foxworldgames.com lostwing.com sign up to our discord and you can chat to me and craig on there chat to our publishers on there and find out more information and even like win various games as well so uh very cool so So if uh if people want to sign up for the beta is the best way to get on the discord yes okay yeah Get on the Discord. Um, also, we will be at Gamescom. So, uh, yeah, come and see us at Gamescom if uh, anyone's going to be there. So, yeah, that'll be good. Um, you can come and meet me and Craig, chat to us there. So, yeah, very good. Very cool. Well, thanks again uh, for, for chatting with me about the game. And best of luck as you guys finish development and get the game out the door. And I personally hope to see a VR version in, in the future. Uh, so... <laughs> Thanks again, and uh, yeah, you get, have a have a good one. Yes, yeah, very nice to meet you. And, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for the interview. had a question and then he mentioned the switch and then i was like oh i want to delve deep into this like digital foundry but i'm not digital foundry that's a terrible idea um <laughs> and now everything is just gone i hmm. <laughs> lovely thing about editing podcasts this can all just go away yeah i know uh, i was thinking that it's so good though, that kind of thing isn't it you could sit there and go la 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 no problem i could swear i could do whatever i want right now it's- I, you can swear anyway, that's fine. Um, I, I used to, um, well, I still do sometimes. <laughs> I record quite a lot of video tutorials for YouTube okay. on like um, various bits of software. It's like a good way to help build an audience, mm-hmm. like game trailers and stuff. But it's also you make a tiny bit of money in ad revenue. But um, yeah, sometimes on them, and I record them for when I was lecturing actually, so I could give them oh. to students. And um, on them, if I ever made a big mistake, I would just shout really loud any word it doesn't matter what usually a swear word because then you see in the in the audio you'd see an audio <laughs> spike, and then you would know to go to there to delete the whatever big mistake it was you made that is a great <laughs> idea i always just try to remember to jot down the general timestamp in whatever document i have up and that i i forget half the time and um it's yeah, not that's a- that's it's not great. a good idea because the problem is sometimes <laughs> you leave one in without realizing it. So uh, I've got a couple of those on YouTube where people are just, you know, you get really funny comments of people like, what funniest thing I've seen on YouTube, that kind of thing. Because they suddenly, you're going along, I make a quick mistake, and then suddenly I swear really loudly. And I don't sound angry, it's just incredibly loud. Like, ah! <laughs> that just, yeah, and it's just left it in. So, yeah, don't do it, honestly. It's not worth it in the end.
Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, man. That's – oh, God, I kind of want to leave all that in there now. It's <laughs> – maybe that will be the uh, the post-credit sequence. Um <laughs> 